shining a beacon on the bazaar. Tell you what, Arkin, there's nothing quite so pleasurable about looking across the seas and waves with our lovely telescopes, is oh, there? Oh, it's beautiful. It's one of my favourite things. Oh, I love it, yeah, you wow. know. I don't know, but yours looks so much better than mine. Well, the thing is, this one is actually uh, it's an antique. This is, uh, oh, this yeah. is It's not from uh, Nelson's uh, flagship. This is actually from one of Nelson's ships in his uh, in, in his fleet. Is, is it? Yeah. It was one of the only ones that didn't go down with the vessel, um, so this actually was a, it was a salvaged thing. This. Ah. And it actually cost a lot of money, did it? This well, one, yeah. oh, well, mine's gone blank. Let me just put another 50p in mine. Yep. Ooh, that's good as that. Oh, back on again. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. God, I just can't see it. Let me just keep on focusing. Why about? That's not a telescope, that one. You're looking, you're looking with like, the little see the lady peep. <laughs> well, she, I thought she were out there. I always think she's out there dancing on the way. <laughs> Getting a brow, a massive brow. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, look at corset on that. <laughs> you want to see me put a pound in our kid? Jesus. <laughs> Move on to the next one along that you put 50p in. Oh, That's yeah, the telescope. Yeah. Right, put yeah. the 50p back in. Ah, the sea. There we go. <laughs> oh, it's not that bad, actually. I can, see, I can see fucking miles. Yeah, that's the idea, isn't oh. it? <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought. I mean, keep a looking at that nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have a little look across there. I can see across the coast a little bit there. I can see people out on the beaches playing on the sandcastles and stuff like that. I can see the rolling surf. What can you see, our kid? I can see... Oh, shit, look to your left there. What's yep, that yep. there? You see it in the waves? Ah, I oh see. Oh, my fuck, is that a shark? It's a shark. A tiger shark? A <laughs> <laughs> <Or> what? <laughs> <laughs> look in our waters, our kid. How far away is that? Well, this is hot off the presses. This one straight away Ooh. is this because we've we've heard news from Falmouth or the Falmouth area that they believe a great white has been spotted off the coast of our shores. Great white as well. Yeah. Wow, well, that's what they're saying. But then again, let's face it, it's the go-to shark is a great mm, white. You know, yeah. that's the sort of thing. So b basically, if you want to know what our credentials are, we are Kraken Cove. We're the podcast that shines a beacon onto the bazaar. And I'm Matt. And I'm a Benny. So what we do is our remit is to look out across the seas, into the skies, down into the oceans, across the lands as well, with our lighthouse lamp. And what we'll do is we find the new stories, some of them current, some of them historical, weird stories, all sorts of odd stuff, and we look into it. So what we're going to look into straight away is this shark sighting off Falmouth. Oh, please do. You can't make that a great white. Off the well, it's not the weird thing people think it is. Uh, no, it's not. Because we've heard for ages the shark's off, um, off Cornwall. Is Falmouth off Cornwall? It is off Cornwall, yeah. You, you are, you're bang right there, our yeah. kid, you know. But what you have to think about those those coastal waters is we think, oh, God, isn't it strange? Exotic animals living in the seas off, off our coast. And we see the great white as a as an exotic creature. It isn't. It's, it's no. quite a common creature. And then one of the most common sharks off of our coast is the mako shark. Mako. Yeah, the short fin mako is one of the ones that comes, and it is a direct relative of the great white. All right. Fast is it a big boy? It's a big lad, but nowhere yeah. near as big as the great white. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a tuna hunting sh uh, shark. Well, is it? Tuna is a bloody massive. I have gone on it before. They're yeah, surprisingly that's big. it. So it's, they are they're, they're surprisingly big and fast. Yeah, the mako is the fastest 
a swimming shark in the ocean. Wow. So it is literally fast as a speeding bullet kind of thing under cool. the water, is the Mako shark. Could that be a Mako then? It's not a Mako shark. Oh, Alright, is it uh, a great white? <laughs> <laughs> and why isn't that this. weird? The, the weird round our waters though, great whites. Not as weird as people make out. Oh. Because the, a lot of these, they are territorial great whites, but of course, if they're doing well in a particular area, there's a few great whites kicking about. Yeah. Because they're kind of territorial, uh, they'll stick to one area and drive out other great whites from the area. Right. Young great whites will have to go find their own territory. So this might be some some shark. Oh, you say it's not a great white, but it, no, could, it could be. All oh, right, no, so it could have come in these waters. No. These are a bit yeah. chilly, but I, it's nice and peaceful. It's not as chilly as it once was. Oh, the waters warming. have changed. They're warmer now. Yeah, yeah the, things things are a little bit warmer, and they're getting to the point where we are going to get these visitors now up yeah. to our shores. Look at Thor. Yeah, the yeah, reason true. Thor's coming down because yeah. it's like you know there's not as much ice flows for him up there, and he's looking. He for fucking loves it now, doesn't he? Yeah, he's proper at home. He's under sunbed at moment. He wants some colour. He's got some tan lines on him. Yeah, but thing is as well, we'll think look at the great white uh, uh, for, for sharks. Sorry for actually sort of like finding which species. Yeah, look at the shape of the dorsal thing. Yeah, yeah. Now you're looking for big sharks in the sort of like areas around uh, the UK usually. If it's a whopper. Usually, you're looking at the second biggest shark in the ocean, yeah. right? Which is the basking shark. Oh, yeah. That's the second biggest. Now, yeah. when I were a little kid, you probably won't remember, but when I were a little kid down Cornwall, Devonway, on one of my holidays, a, 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 a basking shark washed up on the sea there. Wow. And it was massive. Jesus. Really Were big. I there? No, you no, you will have been, but you might in, be in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just licking a wall or something. I was eating sand. In body, you were there. Just, <laughs> just eat mouthfuls of sand. I was just running into the sea. What? Yeah. That's <laughs> like, you had to tie me up or something. Yeah, you just run into the sea all the time when you were a kid. Absolute dinger of a child. <laughs> Going home, kid. Yeah, but um, but this and it, they are. Huge uh, uh, basking sharks, really, really big sharks, uh, very impressive. But of course, they only they're plankton feeding yeah, there, so yeah. they're. But where where to check for a basking shark in the water? You look for the fin, but it's not a big sharp fin. Yeah. It doesn't cut cut back like a sickle shape. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a plate like oh, fin. Right, yeah. But then you also have to look further back. And you'll see the te- of its 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 rear fin sort of yeah. thing breaking the so water as well. I think that's well. how Hooper measured the jaw, uh, the, the shark in jaws, isn't it? When that's you look right. At the middle fin and the bottom fin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so he says like, yeah, but you know that's as good as anything, isn't yeah. it? You know, and that's that's how you kind of look at it there. Um, you look at the sharks. Because that one, it's only the middle fin coming out. Water, isn't it? I couldn't see the uh, a shot of the, the door. You only saw the dorsal. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You only saw the dorsal fin coming out of the water because that's a sign of another shark. If mm. it was a basking shark, you'd see both. Right. With this one, you only see one. Most sharks, you only see one, unless it's a thresher, yeah. which has a massive rear fin, uh, the, the very, very back. I can't remember the name of it now. But it, that's a huge long one. It looks mental when you look at it. You think, oh, it's mad. But the use the, the thresher shark uses that tail as a whip, like a bull whip. Wow. So what it'll do is it'll go towards a shoal of fish, do a super tight turn. Oh, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whip that fur, and it yeah, stuns the fish. It, yeah, yeah, it doesn't just hoovers them up. I like this one as well, because um, they started taking photographs, because I think, what's all these fish? All fish started uh, beaching themselves, all herring or something like that, started beaching themselves yeah. on the sand, and they're like, what the fuck's going on? But then they looked up and think, oh, they're running away from that shark. Yeah. Look, well, shark. Was this at Falmouth? Or? Yeah, yeah, Falmouth. Oh, was it really? Yeah, right? yeah, oh, yeah the fish started yeah. jumping on so the So it shows it is. So that means it's a decent sized predator. Yeah. So it could be in a makeup. I don't think it is because a shark fin shape isn't the right shape. Yeah. It's the right shape for a, a fairly common shark on our on our shores, yeah. which is the copper. 
oh, the copper yeah. shark that's just called as such because it's a, it's main skin is actually a slightly coppery colour. Bit of a ginge. Um, yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a sort of like rusty kind of colour. It's yeah. like a rusty kind of colour. The copper shark. It could be a black tip. Yeah. But I don't think it's a black tip either because it's just not. But, a black uh, tip. Well, the black tip sharks have black uh, black tips on their dorsal fins, so they, <laughs> so you usually can tell from the black tip, yeah. <laughs> not a black <laughs> tip. Not <laughs> from BBC. Why am I flopping about underneath it? Now there's a tip arcing. Is it? Can't look, you miss it. <laughs> You're like Christmas morning. Hey, wanna, here we go. I love some laugh. <laughs> Fucking get in the driver's seat. Let me set this one back in. Don't you worry about it. You sit back and watch the master at work. <laughs> Just put my finger over your lips. Now I've got this one. <laughs> Child. <laughs> watch Le Maestro. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other one it could be, which is I always think is a, is a massively overlooked shark, which is the uh, the hammerhead. Yeah, yeah. And people think, oh god, they're they're funny looking things. The hammerhead is one of the most vicious and aggressive sharks in the ocean. They can't. They're scaring me a lot. The hammerheads. They yeah. look fucking up. And the shoals of them. They have the massive shoals. Some of them. The, some of them are shoals, and some of them are huge. Are they? Yeah, really big, knocking uh. on great white sizes. Oh. So when we're thinking, oh, a great white, great white, great white, we're always whittering about this one particular shark. Down mm. in like uh, Australia and places like that. They're not that worried about the great whites. Yeah. It's the tigers they worry about down oh, there. Right. The tigers are massive, super aggressive sharks. Yeah. Now, off the coast of Florida, places like that as well, it's like things like, and, and big problem as well, the bull shark. Oh, wow. Now, things with bull sharks is they'll quite happily go up rivers, go up estuaries. Recently, Jesus. I think a girl's just recently, she just jumped in swimming with her pals. Didn't realise a fuck off bull shark in the river wow. completely murdered her. Oh my god! Did just bit her to death. <laughs> Near as damn it, ate her. Yeah, oh yeah. God. So she's good for a swim with her pals next to you. This thing oh. it is literally like jumping in the river of bloody wharf, and yeah. and a shark just coming up and holding you down because it was that far in. Yeah. We're talking sort of like dozens and dozens of miles up oh river. God. The, the problem they have with a lot of places, like in places like Florida and other places, is like it, when they have massive amounts. Flooding. Mm. Oh, all right, yeah. They're getting to the lakes on golf courses. Oh my god! So there's some golf courses in places now. You, you, if you were Google out there, you just Google sort of like bull sharks golf course. You will find massive lakes Shit. just with bull sharks in them. Uh, and they're still there. They don't like to come out. Well, how do you do it? Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit extreme. Look at that. <laughs> oh, crocodile! You want? Oh my God! When you lose a ball there, you lose your ball. Yeah, no, that's you it. You don't be going in for it. it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's it. You, you, you know, but bloody bull shark. Bull sharks, yeah, the massive. So let's see, you get a normal shark, chucked it into a freshwater lake. How long to, is it going to die? Yeah. How long? Um. It depends on the just shark. Just because it's saltiness. I don't get It's just a bit of salt in it. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, but it's it's also like say, they chuck to, you chuck you in fresh water for a while, you'd be all right for a while. Yeah. Chuck you in salty water, within a few days, you start to sort of peel. Yeah. The salt yeah. reacts with your skin. And it's almost like the. And I think it is as well. It's also a, a oxygen extraction. It's it's, it's it's basically the environment you're meant to be in. So imagine like a, a air, right? Well, it is a better analogy. 
So with air, there's certain air you can breathe and things like this. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But we, if I will put you in an environment where there's also another chemical in the air which you're not right. used to, yeah, and you're yeah. sucking into your lungs. That's all the way around it. Be bad. You know, if you've got a salt water shark and you put it in salt water, you think, yeah, you ain't used to it. salt. Yeah. But it just be nice, clean water. You think it should be chill. Well, I think, I think it's where you have to think as well is there's, there's yeah, there's some creatures can handle both. Now you look at things like salmon, eels, things yeah, like this. Yeah. These are creatures which have to make actual physiological changes to themselves to go from one environment to another. Yeah. They actually physically alter Fucking to eels. enter. The just, I don't get it. I don't believe in eels. Fucking <laughs> 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 like telling me it's not like, no, no, eels don't do that. <laughs> go check that shit that again. That is mad. We'll have to cover eels. Yeah, eels are very, very interesting weird. creatures. And um, but the, So they actually go through physiological changes to adapt to that next environment they go into. Yeah, yeah. And it's because why waste the energy? If you can find a perfect environment, you're in all the time, right? You shouldn't have to change from one ammo to the next if you yeah, like. Yeah. If, you, if you're in salt water, adapt perfectly to salt water. And Don't leave salt water. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it uses a minimum amount of energy. Yeah. Fresh, same with fresh water. If you're in fresh water, that's all you need to be in, right? You start changing the chemical composition of the liquid that or the environment you're in, yeah. and you're adapted for both. Massive waste of energy, yeah, you know? isn't it? Yeah. But unless you're a specialist, which is things like the bull shark. Uh -huh. Now, a lot of shark species actually start life in uh, in brackish water anyway, which is semi-salt, semi-fresh yeah. water. And the reason is, is because sharks are all cannibals. Oh, yeah. So if you're nearby, bigger sharks will eat you. And if you're in a perfect environment for sharks, which is where sharks want to grow up in, yeah. because it's a shark-friendly environment, um, there's other sharks there which will eat you. Yeah. So quite often they'll go to places like mangrove swamps, they'll go to the ah, areas they can right. hide in and tuck them yeah. with the roots and stuff, and river estuaries and yeah. things. Turn so into a big fish and then come out. Turn fish and come out, that's mm. it. But when they come out, they're almost like permanently, this is a, my environment now, you know? Yeah. A lot of sharks do like to hang around with places where river estuaries do flood out into the sea because there's a lot of food and nutrients come down out through that sea. What, like you, a sheep falls in it? Uh, not just that. There's other fish coming out there to sort of like salmon yeah, coming yeah. out of there. There's other things. And because there's actually... There is foodstuffs and things in those areas, in the water, not just not sheep necessarily, yeah. but yeah, the, occasionally there might be something like that. But because there's organic matter off the fields comes down and not off the land... Yeah. Smaller fish will eat that, yeah. then bigger fish will eat those smaller fish. It's like a chain arcade. It is a chain arcade. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So because it creates a nutrient-rich environment, like a like a coral reef, yeah. things like that, you it, it attracts smaller fish, bigger fish, bigger fish, bigger fish. Mm -hmm. That's the sort of thing. That's what box. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Not raving now, arcade. Yeah. <laughs> Flashback. So the actual talk of the idea of there being like a great white in these waters, although it's it's one of those things that creates panic, and it doesn't help at all because one of the issues they have with Jaws is it creates such a panic about the great white, people start killing them in the millions, yeah. and the, everyone learned to fear sharks. Yeah. Now I can remember being a kid when they talked about going in a shark cage, people said, are you mental, the idea of going in a shark cage is insane, you can't go in a shark cage yeah. in water with sharks because sharks will get you. So people were doing it and thought, oh, bloody hell, they're fine. Yeah. Next thing you know, the people were actually getting in the water without a shark cage on, in among sharks. Yeah. Even that, I thought, well, it's just suicidal. Yeah. But then they realised, bit by bit by bit, they realised the actual behaviour of sharks is quite predictable. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're not they're as... well brave, aren't they? Photographers and that, they'll just tap it on nose and that, and yeah, just keep an eye on it, yeah. and just like a, get your angles right with them, don't yeah, you? Yeah, with certain things here. I still wouldn't do it. 
buy one. <laughs> we'll die, sure. Yeah. So the idea of these sharks rocking up in our oceans isn't such a strange in our waters isn't such a strange concept. Great whites, we shouldn't be afraid of them, and all the other little th- things that are rocking up. You know, yeah, yeah. you know. But this this was actually a, 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 we first saw this story in the, a newspaper down there, down in Cornwall, the Falmouth Packet. <laughs> yeah, Packet. Yeah, which I think is a great name for a little yeah. salt. I don't think I don't know if you can buy it as a newspaper. I know it's online, but I'd like to see. I, I, I'd like to subscribe to the Falmouth Packet. Yeah, newspaper. that's cool. Yeah, good name. And the the packet is called that because there was a small kind of ship down yeah. there at that time called a packet. Yeah, now yeah. a packet was a kind of boat that would go along. It was seagoing as well. well ironically enough, yeah. our kid, <laughs> the, 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 it's a seagoing vessel which could actually go along the hug the coastline, nice. go up along transporting goods and services and things like this, getting stuff all oh, about. That's right? crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it also got the canals and river systems. Oh, that's it. Just yeah. ch- chugging along everywhere. <laughs> well, the original ones were just sail powered, so they literally would be sailing upstream. Wow, you know, yeah. but eventually they did go the canals and be towed. So it would go everywhere, yeah. right? But what I hear you cry has got that got to do with anything to do with news? Uh, are you, is it sending news about as well? Is it a second job for it? Not a second job, but because they were so common and travelling around so from town to town to town, they just spread rumour. Uh, they turn and say, "Oh, yeah, we've just come from up coast. Yeah, have you heard yeah. about Sonsos died? Uh, have you heard about this that's happened? Yeah. Or oh, we've seen something? Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, next I, week if you're passing Sonso, looking at if you can see Uncle Joe or something like that. Not just that, dropping off letters. Ah, wow. So that too, so would say if you're going up to this, so these packets would transport all kinds of goods to people. Oh, it sounds a right cosy job, does that? I know. <laughs> we weren't like our keepers, we'd be, be sort of like packet, packet, packet pilots. Things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why it's called the Falmouth Packet, it's because it's. Oh, that's really cool, goods. keeping yeah, the name. Yeah, like that. So, so far, the Falmouth Packet is my favourite newspaper in the world. Yeah. I'll bet with the Bridlington Free Press. But <laughs> 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 anyway, we've, we've been blithering on a good while now. We've, yes. all right, we've covered a story, which is good yeah. but what we need to do now we need to do a proper bit of shining out for a little bit of proper classic casting Ooh, bit of classic casting yep here we go oh, We need to do a little bit of homework, our kid. Oh, I've never been good at homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've got to remember, this is Crack and Cove, so the homework, I hope, is always going to be a little bit fun. I hope. Pray tell. What have I got? What have I got to do? Yeah, so what, we've, got, we've got to do a bit of housekeeping. So, like, we've been covering a few news stories. Obviously, we had a few emergency sessions yeah, at yeah. Crack and Cove, you know. Um, obviously, last week, the whole thing with the Chinese spy balloon debacle, that's not fully cleared up yet, you know. It, it sounds stranger and stranger than that. There's a yeah, lot of news is, about so, I'm not actually going to cover it this week. Yeah, there's not, not really a lot to cover, I've been proper yeah. keeping my eye on the ball. I've got one got... story later on. We're yeah. going to dip in a little bit later on, a little bit of juicy, juicy. Oh, yeah. juicy. Juicy. <laughs> so we'll, well, I'll cover a little bit later on, but not just right now. We're not going to cover it because it, we, we started down that rabbit hole. You yeah, know, we, yeah, we, we we'll stay on there. it for about yeah. three days. <laughs> but what we need to cover is your Goonies adventure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. He got some marks. I know that they found out who he was. That's the last part. I didn't get his name, but they said, right, we've identified yeah. him, and that's all I know. So well, except for the sewer pipe. Yeah, oh. so. Anyway, so 
so these, these fresh listeners might not know that Benny set us about three weeks ago a little challenge, which was that a guy had gone missing or had died, been found in the uh, in in the Leeds Liverpool Canal, had been found dead, only with an old A to Z, a thirty year old A to Z on him, and a house keys with three different keys on it. Two of them were sort of house keys. One was a suitcase key. Mm. So Benny's found Benny's imagination <laughs> completely <laughs> run away with him. There's no imagination. The, the sewer pipe threw me because I thought the sewer, he were in front of a sewer pipe and it won't. There were a shit pipe going above his right. head. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what it was, Benny thought that there'd be sewer pipes ran into the canal systems. Yeah. So he thought the canal systems weren't using sewer pipes to run shit into water, into water anymore. That they were all dried up. But he thought there'd be a suitcase full of loot somewhere. <laughs> the Treasure Arcade. The reality is they've now found this old guy. He's just um, just a local called fucking James Stewart. Oh, oh hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> oh, I say no. Oh. <laughs> Uh, uh, 86 were he yeah, 86 quite well for 86 yeah. you know but the, it looks it looks like all that's happened is the poor chap sort of taking a spill and just gone into the canal Duh. too old to get out oh, bless it you. might have been the shock of the cold just killed yeah. him but he's, yeah he's just gone in the, the reference to sewer pipes nearby was the fact there was an overhead sewer pipe yeah. going above the canal um, there was nothing sinister about it He's, and also, no sewer pipes actually pumped into the canals ever. <laughs> <laughs> you can try, Arkid. They were nearly at treasure. You were nearly at the treasure, Arkid. What would I Willie and everything? What? It's <laughs> <laughs> off the Goonies. All right, steady. Okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's not so. It's not a Goonie treasure hunt. It ain't anymore, but it could have been. What we 30 need? Thirty years. Is Ed? What were all that about? Well, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to find you a treasure hunt. Oh, yeah, a proper uh, uh, yeah, Not yeah, but I've got a few ideas. I'm going to find you a treasure hunt. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go on a little treasure hunt locally or something like that. You know? I'd love to. Yeah, love, I know you'd love to. You and your, your, little, your little band of uh, <laughs> goblins. <laughs> <laughs> you can all go out and find some treasure, you know. Oh, man. thank so you. So that's, that's that one put to bed, is yeah, that Yeah, like, fair you know? play, fair play. Well done. Right. And another little bit of homework is we were talking about before um, the Pied Piper of Hamlet. Yes. So we talked about, we discussed there that the idea that, you know, what happened to them, what happened to the kids, what yeah. was the whole situation. And we happened to talk about the children's crusade. Yes, oh yeah, right. that was disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it really was a disturbing piece of information. And another thing that I need to look into, which is a bit tricky, is we did discuss a, a, a Chinese emperor who sent loads of children out yeah, on a, a yeah. vessel. But um, what I'm going to quickly cover is just what that happened with the children's crusade. I've looked into it, I've got wow, yeah. information now, you know. And it says the Children's Crusade was a failed popular crusade by European Christians to establish a second Latin kingdom of Jerusalem in the Holy Land said to have taken place in 1212. Wow. Now, if we remember from the dates of the uh, Pied Piper, the story of them, it's just around this right ah, time. Yeah, 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 we're in the exact right time as this, you know. So the story of the Pied Piper of Ham Hamlin was, it took place around 1284. And it was well documented as well, wasn't it? When I remember that start. It, it was, it was very, very well documented dates so 1212 yeah. he, he's talking about sort of 60 70 sort of 72 years before this right yeah. um but at the same time we're talking 1212 so yeah, yeah. yeah and also for calendar 
discrepancies. It could be something that kind of like was there some sort of glitch that went yeah. on. I don't, I'm not too sure. It's close, isn't it? Close enough. Yeah, this is. But the traditional sort of account comes really that it was uh, it was uh, the crusades. The crusades of the real events on which the story is based left areas of Germany led by Nicholas of Cologne and northern France led by Stephen of Cloyes. The variant of the long-standing story of the Children's Crusade has similar themes. A boy begins to preach in either France or Germany, so obviously you've got Nicholas or Stephen of Cloyes here, mm-hmm. one of them, uh, claiming that they've been visited by Jesus. Very much a classic sort of thing, again, yeah, like yeah. Joan of Arc, that kind of malarkey. Again, Joan of Arc, you've got to look at that. He, she sort of like created a great band of warriors yeah, herself. It's you know, a you know. And it said it was, um, th- and it. The, these boys, these children, are saying that the uh, Jesus instructed them to sort of like lead a crusade in order to pe- peacefully convert Muslims to Christianity. Oh, right. So that's a thing. So throughout a series of portents and miracles, the child gains up to thirty thousand children oh, followers. Whoa! <laughs> right. <laughs> what? He leads the followers south towards the Mediterranean Sea in the belief that the sea would part on their arrival, which would allow them the followers to walk to Jerusalem. This doesn't happen. Mm. The children are sold to two merchants. Oh Hugh the Iron. Oh God. And William of Posquereles. Or Posqueres. What, 15,000 each? <laughs> well, I'm not too sure. Oh, but God, they said, grim. basically, <laughs> what go. happens they give free passage on boats to as many of the children as are willing. The children are then either taken to Tunisia, where they are sold into slavery by the merchants, or else die in a shipwreck off San Pietro Islands of Sardinia during a gale. Nice. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that is the is story awful. of them. Yeah. In Tunisia as well. You know, if you're going to get sold, it's one of the least places I'd like to be sold. You know, if you're just out corner or you're in Spain or something, you're like, oh, God, all this is bad. Kids but Tunisia, you're yeah. like, oh, shit, this is proper foreign land. But basically what it looks like happens, it looks like this did sort of like... Um, the, it's it's really tragic because it looks like it did happen. Oh. Thousands and thousands and thousands of children did all go. Sing, you can imagine them all singing and hopeful and that, and then just like the oh the scene part. Ah, get off me! Well, it's, well, <laughs> how do you feed thirty thousand children? No, you don't. Do so you? loads of them were dying of disease, starvation. Oh. Um, they were splitting off into separate groups at times, going off to sea in certain boats. They reckon two out of every three of the children died on the journey. Oh god! So basically, they weren't th- getting fed a fuck all, were they? Just like oh, it's a no- Whatever we've got is a bonus at the end of it. Nothing, yeah, this is it. They're just just really... Apparently, eventually, some did get... uh, uh, Nicholas, uh, for example, Nicholas of Cologne, apparently did get, and a few of his followers did get to the Papal States, which is the Papal States of sort of like area, you know, of Pope Innocent III. And he he did sort of like... um, He did eventually say to them, look... You've had too much. Go back to your families. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know... Go It's it's a mad mad errand, yeah. Yeah. And... um, and I think it was one of these things. Eventually, it was there was there was uh, uh, people did interject and sort of get in and think, look, for this fuck's is sake, yeah, stop, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. Gary Glitter on board, yeah. get on, <laughs> get on board, boys. Yeah. <laughs> if you think of the equivalent was occurring, oh, massively with these big fucking flares and these no, no, really, out, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth of Glitter <laughs> for the 12th century sort of like loot play. Do you want to be in my gang? Get on board. Just thou wish to be in my gang. <laughs> Thanks, mister. Just well, then you think it's... <laughs> I is the leader of the pack. 
老的。Lord Gareth of Glitter once again rimming his window on his little kids. Light him up. But you think of the predators, which will be just absolutely oh, picking on these kids, and, that's like, and again, once they've got to like places like Africa and stuff, the coast there, so the, when the slavers have got them, uh, children, hundreds and thousands, the money they would make off those children is off oh, the charts. Fucking, going off subject, we just how mean people are. I about it only it won't long ago when they stopped using Congo children as alligator bait. <laughs> you know? What they used to use them as bait, you know, when they're hunting crocs in the Congo and that they used to you know like the Belgium kind of oh yeah they used to use like little kids as you know to bait the crocodiles out to grab out of them or really them. yeah oh, look at it, oh man I saw the, 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 the darkest days of the Belgian Congo about 1880s up until sort of like 1920s and this is what uh, Heart of Darkness it is sort of, yeah, it's it's, sick. yeah book Heart of Darkness that is yeah. the dirtiest story I've ever read is the Congo story I've never read anything as brutally industrial yeah, as yeah. that it's yeah, it's absolutely tragic. It's something we'll have to actually look at because it was the the, the Belgian sort of like acquisition and their empire in the Congo, the African area there, is just off the charts brutal. It's, it's so, so bleak. It is the out of darkness. It's absolutely grim. Yeah. We're scary, aren't we? We're all absolutely horrible. Oh. I'm not Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that one? Do you say they have French fries in... Um, Moulet frit. Yeah, and that, those mussels and uh, with mayonnaise. I said, well, that sounds really nice. <laughs> oh, you, you don't need to go. Uh, Belgium's a great place for it. I mean, yeah. I, I happen to like Belgium uh, an awful lot. It's only a tiny place. Yeah, yeah. Two languages they speak there. They speak French and they speak, uh, which is the Walloon oh, area, right. and they have their own uh, Flemish. Ah, right, yeah. Mm. So yeah, so in Belgium, Belgium they do speak two two languages. Well, there's two distinct areas, which are the, like the sort of like the, the the hillier area, which is like oh, Flandrian yeah. area, sort of yeah, things yeah. like that. You know, and they speak Flemish in those areas. And there's the other area, which is the, the more French speaking area, which is the Walloons, they call them. So they get on right well then, I take it. Well, not greatly. No, no, no. <laughs> it's that little yeah, guess. Yeah, but it's a weird thing because it's a little bit sort of like Yorkshire and Lancashire. There's yeah. a lot of like, rivalries go on, you know. But it's 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 a strange place, but it's very it's interesting places Belgium yeah. you know, people think it is historically people talk about Belgium being really boring yeah, and right. it's not it's yeah, a very yeah. very interesting place they, but in, in odd for odd reasons great for cycling it's my favourite so, so if you're ever wanting to inter, ever interested in like an introduction to what, what good cycling looks like yeah. uh, have a little look on like uh, I think on ITV in, in April and there's a tour of Flanders oh you've talked yeah, about that yeah, yeah I, knew, I thought it's, I knew the name fantastic yeah. tour of Flanders is amazing a lot of the Belgian classics are the best bike racing in the world wow. if I could watch anything I'd just turn off for the rest of the year wow. just watch the Belgian classics come starting soon as well yeah. I think it, either the next week or the week after the starting of the Belgian classics Ooh. amazing cycling oh, across cool. cobbles farm fields all sorts wow, of stuff yeah. very exciting stuff yeah. another weird thing they like over there Belgian sport on a Sunday, you'll see Belgian farmers and sort of like rustic folk going out, and the, out the cars they'll get these little birds out little cages, oh, yeah. and they'll go along a long, long, long farm track, right? And it's this little road. They'll all go separately on empty fields. Put the little bird cages down, and they'll decide amongst themselves. Or it's like a, a judge will say, right, you look after sort of Stefan's bird. You do, and they sit next to the bird for an hour, and they count the tweets. What the fuck? And they just wait and they just count the tweets of the birds. So they'll say at the end of the hour, they'll come up and go, how many, how many times did your bird tweet? Go, oh, 15. 
Is that got 23? And whoever had the most tweets wins, and they all put the burn back. Sounds boring <laughs> as fuck. No wonder the Yeah, but think about it. Is it any difference to sort of angling by the side of a canal? Yeah. Why? Because you're dipping your line and you're struggling with the fish and that, and you can eat the fish maybe. Or? As they always say with fishing, you know, it's everything. Fishing is everything about except catching a fish. All right. That's yeah. the thing with fishing. It isn't. It's the contemplative side to it. Well, it getting away from wife. Yep. Well, to a certain extent, Rob, Rob Beckett's. I think it's his father-in-law. You were talking on the radio the other day about it, and he was saying that he's, he, he confided to him that he goes fishing all the time. You yeah, know? yeah. And he says, Do you know, sometimes he's out. I sometimes go. I don't even get the kit out. <laughs> I just sit in my box and look at the water. <laughs> I can do that. I can really yeah. waste my life looking out a window or something. I'm fucking. I'm shocked. It's not a waste of life, yeah. and that's what this is. You see, that action of sitting by the side of a field, yeah, looking yeah. out across the field and listening to a bird tweet, yeah. isn't about counting the tweets. Yeah, I see. Yeah, you, you explained yeah. it well there. Actually, yeah, yeah. Just getting that's away, it, yeah. getting that silence. Getting I think that Will simple. Self, the writer Will Self, recently has written a book. I want to get hold of it. I can't remember the title of it. Right. And it has been described as Jaws without the shark. That is cosy <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> oh, what it? That's so good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, it just makes so much that's sense. That's what I'm talking about. Ooh. And the one thing is, again, going back to cycling, that I love, love so much about cycling as a sport, it's the only sport I know of where everyone genuinely applauds the winner. Yeah. It's not like they think, oh shit, my racer didn't win. Yeah. We're watching the combative sort of like elements of the race. Yeah. If somebody does heroic feats during the race to help another rider yeah. or something happens, if there's a massive crash sometimes, one of the leaders will go to the front of the pack and sort of they'll slow everyone down and say, yeah. no, 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 we can't, we can't race. Because yeah. this, and especially across Flanders and the, these wonderful uh, sort of like farmlands and things, because trains sometimes are, are flying through, they yeah. have to go across train crossings. Uh, yeah. If the barriers come down, everyone has to stop. Yeah, yeah. But then even the people up ahead will hear, oh, oh just, the, the barriers come down. Oh, they'll all slow down and wait. Well, proper gentleman. Yeah, they'll they'll yeah, eat a sandwich yeah. or share Civilised. Civilised, yeah. 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 And, and that's the thing because a lot of people talk about, all they ever talk about is doping in cycling. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, doping exists and it always will exist in cycling. Mm. But the, what they don't talk about is the heroic feats and the gentlemanly behaviour amongst cyclists. Oh, don't you? Turn yeah, it on both. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a bird and a bike. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you need. Now I'm gonna cover this one. Because this has been covered in a couple of other podcasts and stuff, and they, they're covered to a greater or lesser degree sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, lesser, quite often. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the German ballet director. Right? German ballet director. So basically what it is, is this guy, right, um, Marco Goek, and he's the head of Hanover's State Opera's Ballet Company, right? <laughs> yeah. And there was a critic, and she's actually said, she said that oh, she found... <laughs> She said that she found this ballet. This critic has written a piece, and she said that the this the ballet is boring. She described it as boring, um, disjointed. Really had a go at it, right? <laughs> and this guy, right, Marco Goek, he's really taking umbrage with this. <laughs> right? He's not happy with this criticism at mm. all. 
So he's, he's decided to have it out with this critic, this woman, right? And what he's done is he's walked straight up to him. He's not said anything. This is at some doing. It's at like his next... Um... At the premiere of his new show. <laughs> so she's <He's> there <laughs> at his new show. At the start of at it. At the start of it. And he's just marched up to her, taken something out of his pocket, and it's a bag. And it's dog shit. And he smeared this dog shit oh, into her face. Okay, now, now, I don't know the details of this. Were he bare-handed? No, he, he, had, he had it. It was in a bag. Yeah. But he, so you, he, he kind of opened the bag, so he's using the bag. To, he didn't get it on his fingers. Yeah. Which yeah. I admire him for. <laughs> yeah, I do. If he'd just got a dirty fistful of shit. Yeah. On a little cigar one out of his pocket. He was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> just, just made it like a crayon under a nose. <laughs> <laughs> so she had a proper shit touch. Full <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> baba touch all the way around. Excuse me. Like a like ghost. A big Mexican <laughs> bandito. He was in it as a crayon. <laughs> so he did Threw his, it on. Full Smith didn't get her mouth, you know, lips or eyeballs. <laughs> as far as I can tell, <laughs> it was. I think he got a mouth, nose, oh, face. A door. If he got in the eye. That is not just. That's not just a foul. That that is yeah, absolutely yeah, red yeah. card straight away. Yeah. Oh man! I mean, this isn't a yellow card. Oh, incident, it's the clips. It? These the movies of this are all. I don't know. F- no, well, he has been sacked though from his own show. Oh, yeah. Well, you will. That's yeah because he's a director of a company. Yeah. So the company, yeah. the ballet company, said no, what no, 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 no. You can't. Mad bastard. <laughs> <laughs> How angry would he be? Well, the thing is, I want to see. I mean, people, say, as you just said there, you know, you know, is there any footage of him actually smearing shit on her face? Oh, no. Man. If I wanted footage, I want that look on his face when he's going around trying to find <laughs> the right dog shit. You know, well, apparently it's from his own dog. All right. Apparently it's from his own sausage dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> so he's been very. Wolfgang. Wolfgang, wait, hold still. But it's that, that determined look on his little fucking German face when he's uh, waiting to scoop up some shit, pop it in his pocket, thinking. And then night's the night. Yeah, so then he'll, he'll have had. Where will he have kept that shit first? Yeah. Been, maybe on his sideboard, very carefully. Tied next up. to your keys, isn't it? Where are your keys at? The little baggie will be there. The little baggie you know, there. Like, just be in, in the shower, but you're getting ready for the yeah. thing. Cologne on and all that, yeah. bit of a shave. All the time, that same glint in his yeah. eye, that determined glint. And all he can think about for that entire day, perhaps even for days, is smearing dog shit on yeah. a woman's face. That bit of getting it out, getting your bag around, and eat, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd even go for so far when he did it. I bet he hurt her. Yeah, I bet will. he did with immense force. Yeah, you know, like when somebody goes too hard with a custard pie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the two blood yeah, on it. Buzz nuts and stuff. Yeah, too giddy there, weren't you? You went too far. Fuck That's what know. this is. He's going too far. Oh man, what a twat! Um, I think he spoil it for everybody as well, though. Isn't it? Dog shit in a closed environment. You know he's smearing that round anywhere. No, you don't. It's do your it. show, you muppet. Did it? Did the show go on? Do you, I don't know. Fuck I don't know. I don't, do it. Inconsequential. Yeah, true. The, the, the main event had already occurred. <laughs> <laughs> what were her reactions? You're not even going to kick off. He's straight to ambulance. You must have you? spewed. Oh, man. Oh, he, fuck, I can't imagine it. Have you ever heard of Battlefinger? <laughs> no. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I used to go to college, right, the lads would talk about that. Well, I never heard of it before. Battlefinger? And there's one lad called Paul, right? And there's another lad. He says, I'm going to give some sort of battle, battle finger, right? And I'm like, good. 
what the fuck's Battlefinger, right? Yeah. Oh, they all knew about it. I think it's a Scarborough thing. These lads are from Scarborough, yeah. right? And and he, there's two options. There's front or back. And basically, he did the front one. So what he did was he got reached down. I think he'd been a few days. He hadn't been very really clean. And he reached out and he got a good old scoop of smegma. So he got, oh. he got, he got a scoop oh. of dick cheese. Right? Oh. Right? And and he called to this other lad, right? And he smeared him under nose with it, right? So he just grabbed it, and this is called Battlefinger. Right? <laughs> and he smeared him under nose, and this lad's face, right? right first of all, first reaction, first reaction. Right? Shock that somebody's hand is being so close to his face. Yeah. <gasps> what are you doing? You've touched my face. Then he smelt up. Oh, fuck, I could blow chunks. I don't like this. This is doing funny things to my stomach. See, it is that smell and it won't go and away. He's, and he's just face, all colour just drained out of his face. And it was him just whispering. It's like, you, you, dirt, you dirty bastard. Oh, no. And he, he would look so ill. And of course, he can't get the smell out of his nose. It's all, and, he, and, he's, trying to, and he's trying to rub his lip, and he's trying to get the smell of it, and he can't, because it's just all that. I'd wash it with the other person's blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, the other one's um, a shit tash. Oh, oh baba tash. Baba tash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I couldn't cope with that. I'd be really kicking off over that. I couldn't just take that as a laugh. I couldn't. No, I couldn't. I, I think that's, that's why it's called battle figures. You wouldn't oh, be, fighting, be fighting, you? fighting straight after it. straight away, yeah. My God, no. The, the, un the, the only way to get anything back is blood it's a fight. it is yeah. it is you yeah. need that satisfaction you've been absolutely you've had your pants well and truly uh, yanked yeah. down in the if you let that happen it. if you let that happen to you where does it end yeah, where does it end Arkeen getting dog shit in your face <laughs> <laughs> oh. this is it it's the ultimate sort. So, in a weird Has way, he got prosecuted. He must have had prosecuted. Well, there's for that, there's all sorts him. of crimes going on there. There's assaults. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it remains to be seen. We'll follow and oh see what happens. To him. But basically, this guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's what a what a what it's a. Strange to get that high up into you. You know, he must be doing all right to get those shows happening, and then he just ruined it just all. Just ruined it all. Yeah. A fucking bad review. Bad review. <laughs> Okay, imagine how oh, that's bitter, isn't it? That. Imagine when he gets a bad lecky bill and all that sort of thing. That's kicking up again. Get, you know, you're coming out with shit all over his face. He's happened loads of times. That's his just go to response. He's like a machine gun, he's that little dog, yeah, isn't he? Like, like, <laughs> just waiting, his hands just waiting. Dog trembling, looking right thin. <laughs> Come on, Boo Boo. <laughs> we need another one. Titty, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know you like a mystery, don't you? I love mysteries. Benny's always loved a mystery. I love right? clues. I love mysteries. You love it, right? So here, I've actually found one. It's, this is something that's kind of passed on. It was a little bit, and I sort of heard about. Thought, oh, this this sounds quite quite juicy, juicy. <laughs> you know? But it's an old mystery. Nice. This is from September the twenty third, eighteen eighty. Wow. Right, and this is a guy called David Lang. Now, David Lang's two children, I were called George and Sarah, mm -hmm. respectively eight and eleven years old. So George yeah. is eight, Sarah's eleven, and they're playing in the yard. Right? This is in uh, this is in Galatin, Tennessee. Right. So we're in. Imagine right. Imagine the scene. So it's like cowboy days. 
Yeah, but you know, I, th I think although it's kind of cowboy days, we got it's farming, rustic farming yeah. in, in rural Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee you know, yeah. these are these are sort of like a shareholder, not shareholders, what they called them. Um, Plowshare kind of thing, yeah, times yeah. you know, they've got themselves like a packet of land, they're working yeah. the land, um, they're all known in the district and stuff. You know, they're just honest rural folk, yeah, that's yeah. where you got to think of it. So, it's like imagine a little bit prairie, yeah, that kind of that kind of thing, you know, a little house, yeah, yeah. So, they're outside the house, it's a, it's a nice day, September the 23rd. Don't matter if it's a weekend or not, these guys are working all the yeah, time, you yeah. know what I mean, they're working the land, honest characters, right? And the children, George and Sarah playing in the yard, right? Pulling a little wooden wagon pulled by two horses, right? And this this toy, which had been bought from Nashville earlier that morning by David Lang for yeah. his children. Real horses? No, 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 it's a little toy, it's a little yeah, toy, 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 toy horse, toy little wooden horses, but pulling a little wooden wagon. Yes. That's what they're playing with, you know what I mean? And out of the house comes his wife, right? And she comes out, and the house is described as a vine-covered brick house. Now we have to think about in this area as well. This 1880s, out in the rural districts and stuff, a brick house, decent little building. Yeah, it you is. Know isn't it? It's not only wood, yeah, isn't it? When you it, think yeah. of all that, yeah. So he's having a good life. David Lang is having a good life. You yeah. know, he's got a lovely wife. He's got his lovely kids and everything like that, right? And so he starts walking across the pasture. So it's just big pasture land, you know. And recently it's been a dry spell, so it's like it's 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 like a dusty brown colour, isn't yeah. it? It's been very carefully described this as, right? And observed, should I say. So there we've got the image, lovely brick house, wife just coming mm -hmm. out, kids out playing in the yard, dusty land, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A little bit of wind blowing and things, you know. Dry, sunny, sunny day, yeah. you know. And he began to walk across this pasture. And at the same time, Judge Augustus Peck and Lang's brother-in-law came driving up the lane in a buggy. The judge saw Lang in the field, right? And so the, the son there, oh, hey, look, there's David Lang. You know, they're all waiting for him. Both people knew him well. They were, they were yeah. sort of traveling to see him, right? Just about to shout to him to say hi, about to greet him. Lang disappeared. Right. He literally on the spot vanished. Whoa. One minute he was standing in an open field on which there was short grass but no trees, stones or fences. Oh. The next minute he was simply gone. Mrs. Lang and the two men went to the spot immediately where Lang had disappeared, thinking he must have fallen into a crack in the earth. That's what I was just thinking. There's some hole opened up or something. They found no such crack. Oh God! Mrs. Lang became hysterical and was led screaming into the house. Someone rang a huge bell, you know, like a local chapel yeah, bell sort yeah. of thing, drawing people to the area. Come and help! Come and help! Yeah. People from all around the area rushed out to find yeah, out what yeah. was going on. Rushed to the spot. Massive search went underway. Right, nothing was found. Scores of people were searching the nearby land, but to no avail. Wow! So what do you do in a situation like that? They did something brilliant. They called in a surveyor and geologist to the that area. Is, yes, baby, get yeah. straight on it. Yeah, I love it. As soon as he got there, he examined the field and found limestone bedrock just a few feet underground. They scratched away the surface of the soil. They found stone, solid rock. God. No caves, no holes, no, no pits, no wells, sure. nothing. Well, it's a big field of search, though, isn't it? It's got a, 
He examined the lot. Oh my there god! There was no fracture in the bedrock whatsoever. Saying that, if you've got a whole town there and they're all tooled up with pitchforks anyway, out of the lover, yeah, yeah, oh, the yeah, they love a pitchfork, yeah. yeah. And you've got them like combing it, you know, like a police search, you know, across yeah. the field, and you just literally tap, 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 and find that crack, find that hole. Oh, we can dig him out some. Nothing. Nothing there. Nothing oh, there. Oh, oh, oh. And it's, there's no earthquake activity. There's not a rumble. There's not a crack. There's yeah, not a, sort of like yeah. a crunch or a grind or a boom. Nothing to and say. If it's, it's a field. You said it was um, short, kind of grass or something. Or? Yeah. Well, it had been so dry that bit. There's a, there's a term called sort of like, it's called friable sometimes. So something's been so dry it turns a bit powdery. Yeah. So the grass itself is almost like something that can just crumble and dry off yeah, and yeah. blow away in the wind. Same as the soil, it's just it very Let's say if there were a crack and it you know, suddenly swallowed him, all soil went straight into it and uh, you think you'd be able to visibly see it, something like that, yeah. a disturbance. Well, the thing is, yes, this is so sort of true. So a month went on for the search went on. They kept on for a month searching for him, and curiosity seekers came to gawk. All the Lang servants, except the cook, quit with fear. Man. And a year later, the grass where Lang had disappeared had grown high and thick in a circle 20 inches, or uh, 20 feet in diameter. The area wow. where it had been had been grown thick in a, an area like 20 feet. fairy ring kind of shit. Not one of the animals, the farm animals would graze there, and it seemed free of insects. <sighs> it was completely left alone, was this Whoa. area. It was thought that an ominous presence hovered over that piece of ground. One day, early in August 1881, Sarah and George, his children, so they're only going to be 9 and 12 now, yeah, yeah. You know, they approached the green circle of high grass, and Sarah called out, Father! Are you anywhere around? This is the daughter. Oh, man, that's heartbreaking. And there was no answer, obviously, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. But she repeated the question four times. She was just shouting out. And they were about to walk away when they heard a faint cry for help. Oh, God. A cry that came out of nowhere. Oh, wow. Quickly, the children ran and got their mother, who returned with them to the spot and called as they had done. Her husband answered. Oh, man. For several days, the family returned, and each day when they called, the answering voice became fainter and fainter oh. until a faint, eventually there was no response. Oh, man, that's awful. Isn't that terrible? Man, it's like poltergeisty, isn't it, in a way? You know, yeah. she's like sucked away into another dimension. I'm here, Mommy. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy, <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, how about shit, that? Yeah, that is proper dimensional shit, isn't it? And him being all right after a yeah. year, whatever he, wherever he's gone, he either doesn't need food or he's getting food. Is it like no, seconds is it to him? Time? Is it space? What is he in? In a rift. He's gone into those fucking twilight zone, dude. The twilight zone, yeah. Maybe it's, it does sound like a pan-dimensional sort of thing, oh, doesn't the it? The ring of grass as well, and you know, knowing yeah. it's there and thinking, what's all that about? And all animals are like, nah, I'm all right. Oh, yeah, we're not going there, yeah. Whoa. Weird, isn't it? Like family. Oh, God, that's grim. Family as well. It's like the... What is that? It's really hard. Well, you never settle again, would you? No, you wouldn't. You know, I mean, you, you've seen something that the veil has been lifted to a certain yeah. extent. You know, I mean, something weird has been presented to you, and that evidence of the, the cry, the, the voice, the sort of. You there know. were no reports of anything weird happening before that. You know, like with the field or the area. Nothing. Or Absolutely just a standard. Total one-off boom, 
blip. That's it. Just one hit. Oh, weird. One strange occurrence. And the mm. fact it was witnessed as well by yeah. a judge and by a relative. Mm. It wasn't just like the wife sort of saying like, "Ah, oh, my husband waiting me out in the field." Yeah. Nothing. There was a witness from uh, a witness from children, his, his own children. I still have a look in Cook's part, wouldn't you? Though you know, everybody left but the cook. I'd be like, "Let me just have a little yeah. look in large, <laughs> Just back off a minute. Where's fridge? Yeah, well, you know, but with the amount of witnesses, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the the strong one is the judges, the independent witness. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the sort of thing. That's sure. It's so fast and getting there. And Bell going in like yeah. that, and they've done everything right, getting uh, experts in and stuff. It's yeah. Like so I'm actually going to cover it as the next few weeks go on a few of these mysterious disappearances because this yeah. isn't the only. Want. Those kind of like cornfields are freaky anyway, yeah. aren't they? Sometimes there's a, you know some really good f- different types of films yeah. in that kind of land. It, it's haunting, isn't it? Running through cornfields, all that kind of. Place. Well, weirdly enough, I was. I mean, uh, one of the places they call it is liminal spaces. You yeah. know, which is like places in between sort of thing. Yeah. And I was actually at one yesterday. Oh wow! Yeah, I went to a place called the Devil's Arrows last <laughs> night. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, I was. I mean, last uh, night. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I was up in up in the far reaches of sort of like North Yorkshire. I was yeah, up there yeah. last night because I was doing a, I was doing a market stall yesterday, and um, so one of the thing one of the things oh I post me a little sort of like me little pictures and things of it where, where I was because it's a little bit interesting, right? The Devil's Arrows. I'm going to show Benny a picture of one of the Devil's Arrows now. This, this is a photo I took last night. Whoa, what are those? They're like man-made. They're not standing stones. They, they are. What do you mean they stand? Look at that fucker. Whoa, monolith. Yeah, massive. How old is that then? Is that uh, between five and seven thousand years old? Wow. But when I say so big, they are unbelievable. Where, where were you on that photo? Oh, I'll be in about there. Wow. So How many the, of them is there? So there's about three in a row. Yeah. So you've got three in a row. So I'm going to show Benny the other pictures of the. So oh, that's fantastic. There's another one in the line yeah, yeah. Them, like that. Um, this is well, this is something I've noticed on on the on the Devil's Arrows peck marks. These are called cup marks, which, which a lot of people say aren't true, but I, th- I think they're absolutely true. I think they're real, they're carved by Neolithic man. Yeah. And um, that's the third one. Wow. Now these three weird rocks are all in a in a row. Yeah. You know they're in this this one field. Those stones aren't from there. Right. Because the stone that's under these is like chalky mud. So they've been literally travelled. Is it quite high up? It's a flat plain. No, that's probably somewhat why it's so they've, they've, there. Isn't so it? they've they've dragged these stones for 10, 15 miles. But God. we're talking these each with these ones maybe I don't know potentially sixty, hundred tons. Yeah. Neolithic man, you know, no wheels, no nothing. They've they've dragged these stones into that place, then managed to raise them and put them all up in one spot. It's got to be for stars and stuff, hasn't it? And Who knows? Mm. Um, potentially, potentially it's something like that, but we don't know. It's, yeah. it's it's officially a mystery in itself, is this? Um, I wonder why it's got the devil side of it. Normally, you don't we don't go mad about you know like Seven Sisters or something like that. Yeah. We've got normal names. Hasn't well, it's they always straight. create stories around them. These were called the Devil's Arrows because they believe the were sort of like arrows fired by the devil. Oh, they came down, flunk, flunk, flunk. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So that's the kind of belief system of them, you know. Yeah. And um, these, I mean, to be fair, York is full of like weird Neolithic stones and yeah, rocks and yeah. carvings which if it was anywhere else in the UK it'd be a 
the people have gone apeshit about yeah. how amazing They've been finding a lot of Neolithical... Yeah. Near Scarborough, a couple of weeks ago, they found something some very important. Yeah, well, well they've, they've recently opened up just near the Devil's Arrows, there's a place near Burra Bridge, which is where, the, where these Devil's Arrows are, these amazing... And if you get a chance to look at them, absolutely, yeah. these are incredible. Oh, some of the best stones I've seen in my life. Yeah. And um, But there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a site there which is bigger than the whole site of Stonehenge. Wow. Has now been given to the National Trust, so we've got uh, we've got access to it now. We can go on the land, you can walk on it, you can investigate yourself. Which, you, can I, you dance nuddy though on it? Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah, good. You want to, yeah, yeah. that's all Billy bullshit. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I think perhaps what we'll need to do is one time maybe have a, have a, like a little crack and cove field yeah, trip. A little sacrifice. No, some no, 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 no. I'll think of a little trip out. All oh, right, yeah, just little, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll that as well. I'm alright. <laughs> Bring either. a goat back at Panda. <laughs> yeah. Don't do a look at the goat. Yeah, I've got the honey. Arcade, we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a fantastic liminal, and I was out there, uh, and I, I, I kind of work in conjunction with a friend of mine, uh, JP. And he's writing the book, and I'm, yeah. I'm doing the de- drawings and stuff for this particular book, studying these rocks and things. Yeah. He's very down worth guy. I don't believe in anything to do with yeah. Stop Strange with it. Whereas I, I'm open to the idea. Some these could be weird places. Yeah. I mean, even just to touch these rocks is that you think, wow, these were dragged here by. You know, yeah, yeah. Is but the, the thing I found was so I'd, I'd got in, in the middle of nowhere. It's dusk. It's getting a bit dark, yeah. a bit scary, and stuff. You think, oh, I've got to get back in my car. Time yeah. to go home, you know. So I got back in the car uh, and I got my phone out and I, I thought, right, get the sat nav to find my way home. The whole sat nav thing had completely locked. Wow. This is a new phone. It's never yeah. done this before. Just and I thought, why is my oh, magnetic fucking well, interference? I realised I was in the line of the first stone or the second stone, I was between the two stones is where I'd parked. Wow. And it was only when I drove the car away a distance and had to reboot the phone yeah. that the sat nav had start working again. <laughs> Make of that what you exactly, will. Exactly, isn't it? No, yeah. I love stuff like that. I really so do love when, stuff So like when you're talking about liminal spaces, weird places which have a weird vibe and, yeah. and atmosphere, uh, this was one I was at just last night. Uh, as you say, certain cornfields when you're on, the, on your own in the middle of nowhere, very weird. And perhaps the field where David Lang went missing is just a similar sort of space. Jesus. Said, I promise we'd come back to the old UFO side of things. Oh yes, please. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is actually um, this is a report. I mean, it's been, been reported here by one of my favourite sites. We talked about it before, Mysterious Universe. Yes, great yeah. little site is this one. Always finding loads of fun things to talk about. Right, this is actually an RAF transport plane. Right. So it's saying it was an Airbus A400 Atlas. And these, and, uh, we, we actually ran around the cove. We do sometimes get these the Atlas planes circling yeah, around yeah. because I like to, to land at the local airport. It, it, for some reason, up further north, I like to use these little like as dummy runs for stuff. But mm-hmm. the Atlas, it's a big old, big old. Yeah. Big old bird, you know what I mean? It's flying around. So oh, I have seen that. Yeah, it's fucking massive, isn't yeah. it? I saw it land at, oh, going around Leeds and Bradford. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And the thing with, with them as well is the immensely powerful. Plane. Yeah, you can immensely see, it, and you can yeah. see that you could just load it with tanks or something. Yeah, it's you crazy. Can, you literally can. You can yeah. load it with tanks. It scared all the stuff, crap yeah, out yeah, of me. I were up on a hill when it came by. So now think about this, right? This is November, uh, November twenty twenty two. This occurred. Yeah. A few months ago. Yeah, not long ago. Right. Yeah. Now remember what we were talking about with the UFOs and things, yeah. you know? 
So this uh, this it's a massive versatile transport plane used by the RAF. Air Force is Germany, France, and Spain use it as well, right? Mm -hmm. And they're saying that the plane just completed an instrument approach training at Newcastle yeah. and was climbing to um, nine thousand feet. So it's so so it's done its approach. It's pulling up right yeah. during a left turn, passing through about south of FL seventy five, right, which is about seven uh, seven and a half thousand feet. Yeah. Uh, one of the crew members on the flight deck noticed a UFO ahead, oh. just to the right of the nose. Other crew members also saw the UFO as it passed quickly down the right-hand side. It was estimated to be level with the flight deck windows and a few feet outside the wingtip. Oh, God. That's how close they were to it. They say it was donut-shaped. <laughs> right? Right. Dark in colour. Um, they said it was a very high chance of collision with it, but it somehow didn't do it. They think it could have been a balloon of some sort, right. but they, it's not a balloon shape they'd ever seen before. Or oh, middle donut, or jammy donut. Custard <laughs> <laughs> arcade. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, I think what they're describing it as, imagine it, it's circular, yeah. so, but with either space or a dip in the middle. Or a jam <laughs> filling. <laughs> <laughs> sort of ring shaped in some way. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're kind of saying. Wow. Now, I, I read it and reread it, these reports, and looked at another couple of reports as well. I saw the time of the event, the description of the event. From what I'm saying, they said they couldn't take any photographs. It was too fast. Yeah. It spotted it was gone, done. Wow. It seems like the outside of the of the craft or whatever it was was lighter than the inside. So the inside was like dark, perhaps giving the impression of a hole, yeah, even though it was yeah, lighter yeah. around the outside, or perhaps even catching the light. And that does sound like the three, the it new does. ones, doesn't Very it? Very much so, yeah. Lower though, so at 9,000 feet, the other ones we said were respective, because I've looked into it again, the highest was, seven, was it 70? Uh, 65. 65, yeah. 40 odd. One yeah. of them was at 20,000 yeah. feet. This is lower again. Earlier, obviously, yeah. this is November. Sp sorry, Spy Balloon was 65. The other ones were 40 and then going lower. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The so they're the ones, yeah. yeah. So they're saying this isn't the, the only ones that have been sort of seen at these sort of like the, the, the shape. The, apparently now, this what they're calling now is the donut-shaped aircraft. It's been seen a few times now. It's more and more over last year towards the end of the year. Wow. Uh, Gulf of Mexico one was spotted. SpaceX apparently did report seeing a similar donut-shaped aircraft. Shit. So some of their reports and things. I think the one it resembles mostly is the hexagonal shape. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one that it's, it's sort of like it's looking like. You know? Especially that bit when... You know, it's, it's silly kind of talking about it, but when we, I like that we talk fresh about the weird, the three UFOs in America. That bit where you can't see a propulsion system. It's just, yeah, yeah. You know, we're kind of thinking, right, it's a balloon. So inside that balloon is the mechanics of it that can make it shift. Uh, even that one that you reported saying that the the could actually they had the capabilities of getting Mac four or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's right the donut shaped one here. You start looking at it like UFO, and you're like, right, it's a donut shaped UFO. But you think, is it a balloon? Is it somehow we've got the tech, or someone else has got the tech now? Well, uh, the, these the people on this particular plane, after calling it a donut shaped craft and describing it as this and that, trying to describe it. it not quickly, but eventually, as the day sort of like went on, as the days went on, they started to refer to it as the drone. 
Right. I don't think it was a drone. Yeah. I don't think. I think they're saying it's a drone because it's an easy thing to kind of yeah, describe. Yeah. What's a donut-shaped drone? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure that you can solve. And, and another thing that that is interesting to me as well is: are they actually getting to absorb, uh, observe these craft from all angles, below, above, everything? Because yeah. another thing I find is immensely interesting. Because I listened to uh, in the week, I listened to a. a, a uh, an aeronautical podcast <laughs> basically just talking about oh, they're just interested in planes flying everything like yeah, that yeah. and they covered this right and they said you have to remember that now they're approaching this aircraft or these floating drones which the saying is relatively still yeah they're approaching at 600 miles an hour yeah or they didn't even know where their missiles could hit it because yeah. it's stationary in the air. Uh -huh. Now the Sidewinder missiles they use to blow up these uh, these drones, yeah. half a million dollars each. I just, when I heard the price, I thought, why the fucking, the, you know, building or oh, quickly scooching out with helicopters to it? Did they need to go that fast to it? Why didn't they approach I, it I with they, helicopters? They, they approach it with the overkill. Sort of the idea of overkill. Yeah. That's All right, one doing. of them. See yeah. if it blows up. It does. Right, other two get get the chinooks. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it'd have been better off with like a helicopter gunship of some sort. Exactly. Just, yeah, just, just hover next to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just see if you can pick it off. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. just getting closer. I think right. It ain't flown away. Ain't done anything. It's not attacking us. You know. Yeah. We're gonna keep an eye on it. Get some more shit up here now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get, like, well, who's to know they haven't done that with different ones? Mm, I think that. I think the right reason. Now. is I think he's gone quiet for a reason. Yeah. You know, and I think like. Say calling it balloons, calling it drones, calling it this, calling it that. It's all, it's all smoke it, it's and mirrors. It's suddenly like with uh, Russia, you know, over Ukraine, like Russian spy balloons are everywhere now. You yeah. know, that's a big thing. You think, well, is it a drone or is it a balloon or is it part tech of each? You know, is yeah. this suddenly they're catching the phrase or is it something that's actually there's loads of that technology out there now? You know, people yeah. do love a nice I spy think, balloon. I think, <laughs> I think it's all it's all there already, or it's something different. We don't know yet. It's all speculation. Yeah. Full attack. Yeah, so we don't know, <laughs> but we. We won't keep speculating. All we're doing is we're, we're here to report. Exactly. Things. We will speculate at times, obviously, but that's just a fresh little bit of information. Yeah, to say. We did talk about the one of the other episodes. We did say we predict that there could be British balloons. Yeah, which I'm sur surprised haven't been. Which we just have found. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. So it's already happened yeah. before these other balloons. Yeah. It's happened here. Yeah. So we we can we can report first real report at Kraken Cove. Well, is saying that the British balloon. Perhaps we were the first place to get these. Fucking scorch your kid. <laughs> <laughs> well when I Oh lads, I tell you what, I'm satisfied. You've quenched my covey thirst. It's been a really good episode. Nice and rambling. He didn't tell me off oh. asking stupid questions. We can fucking waffle on though, can't we? <laughs> we're brilliant, we're masters at it. Yeah, we're full of shite. <laughs> well we have decided we are actually gonna do a completely um subjectless cracking yeah. We should just step into it. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do one. Or maybe even just sort of get the ball rolling with one thing and see yeah, where we go yeah. from there. Just I don't know if it'd be Listenable, but maybe we'll do that as a little bit of an extra. Uh, yeah, could be an idea. Point. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we we'll do need a bit of extras from, don't yeah, we? Yeah, so we maybe we'll do it as a little extra one time. Maybe watch yeah. the space. We don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> 
But th- we've got one last thing. Oh, no, we were like one last story, don't we? You know what I mean? It's cosy corner, last ones. I like your last ones. You yeah, wind, wind well, me down nicely. That's the thing. We need something sort of a bit cosy, don't we? You know. And this is about a gibbon. A gibbon. A gibbon. I even know what it is. Yeah. Cool. So, what? I even know what it is. Oh, I thought yeah. you didn't. I thought, no, no. wow, you are a blind canvas. <laughs> I don't know what a fucking gibbon is. Yeah, I know what a fucking gibbon is. <laughs> I'm you in a minute. You? Fucking hell, cock at what? <laughs> I know what a fucking... My back's better now. I'm feeling all manly again. <laughs> right, but this is a little gibbon called Momo. Momo the gibbon. Momo the gibbon. Right? And she's lived in a Japanese zoo, right, uh, in Nagasaki. Nice. Right? So it's all safe there now. You're all right. Yeah. Oh, I really <laughs> to visit, right? So the 12-year-old white-handed gibbon lived by herself and was never joined by a companion. Oh. Um, but they're all kept in like uh, in separate cages of the gibbons. Yeah. The funny creatures of the gibbons, they're very they are social. Um I mean I think if it was in a British zoo we'd keep them in sort of like all in like a proper gibbon enclosure. Yeah. But, but these particular gibbons, for whatever reason, um, they're kept separate. Which a bit is, bitey, yeah, or something. I think it could it could turn a bit nasty but quite quickly. So whatever reason, they're being kept sort of like in the in the little cages and they're kept separate by sturdy bars and, and chicken wire fences, they're kept in the little, yeah. little areas of these things, right? Then suddenly, and this is a 12 year old gibbon, yeah. you, know, it's, you know, it's a little bit older now for a gibbon, right? But suddenly in 2021, she gave birth uh. to a yet unnamed male gibbon with black fur and white fur trimming around its face. Right. So she's kept in an enclosure completely on Could other monkey own. stick his cock through a fence? <laughs> Apparently not through the friends, no. Could he chuck it through like signs at lambs? Here, come for that, Stalin. Jizzlobber. Yes. Well, after enlisting a researcher to analyse the DNA in stool and hair samples collected last year from Momo, her child, and four potential fathers, the Kuju Kushima Zoo and Botanical Gardens on Tuesday announced the identity of the father, Aito, a 34-year-old agile gibbon. Agile's the yeah. word. He's got a bit to get in. And it took us two years to figure it out because we couldn't get close enough to collect samples. She was very protective of her child. All right. So yeah. she's got a little baby baby there. She's looking after the thing. So the DNA did it. done a proper, like, what's that dude on TV with DNA tests and stuff? Is that what you what mean? What dude on TV? Oh, it's his name. He causes loads of ruckus. He gets all chavs on and they all get DNA tests and then they all start kicking off. Uh, no, he don't well, mind. What's he on? He's on it's telly. like daytime telly. telly he's not so much he's Jeremy Clark. No, yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy Kyle. No, Jeremy Kyle. I don't know. It's Jeremy Kyle. No, is it? Is it Jeremy Kyle? Yeah. He's not a proper knob, eh? I don't know. It's on TV. This is your. Yeah. <laughs> this is I don't watch now. daytime. <laughs> <laughs> all right, he's all there. There's a massive flaw in my education. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. This is your remit. Let's <laughs> go back to Gibbon. Have the DNA tested that monkey? They have, yeah. And, and they found I, out it's fucking Aito, a 35-year-old, 34-year-old. How's that happened then? Has he lobbed it over? What's happened? So the qu- burning question has been, if she had never had direct contact with Aito the Gibbon, how did she get pregnant in the first place? 
Well, the zoo had no hard evidence like surveillance footage, but Yamano said the ape's point of contact was probably a hole in the wall measuring <laughs> nine millimetres in diameter. Right? Full glorious! <laughs> Unlucky glorious! <laughs> well, shit written round it and that. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Stick your banana here. <laughs> Keeps getting eaten. <laughs> I'm putting my banana. Wait a minute. <laughs> what do I put my cock in it? <laughs> and the old burning question is, what would happen if I put my cock in it? <laughs> Thing wow. is, like, this gibbon wouldn't have known. Yeah. Or would it? It'll be have a little, maybe have a little peek through, a little sniff through like that. And he's yeah. thinking, fucking hell, there's a last through there. So he's obviously posted his pipe through there, aren't he, right? <laughs> She's backed onto it. Exactly. Like, but I think the innocent say, he's thinking, hole, cock. Well, yeah, put it in. She's like, like penis, you think, grown out at wall. Well, I'll back up on that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hang on, that's not banana. It smells like cock. <laughs> Battle finger. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So Hello. she's fucking backed up on it. Oh, wow. He must have, that gibbon must have thought it's fucking Christmas oh, morning, absolutely. mustn't it? He's thinking, well, I don't know what'll happen here. I'll just pop my pop pipe through here. I'll get my cock through that. Oh, fucking hell, fire. <laughs> Someone's got out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they call her a white handed gibbon. So she's managed to do it. The, the, so the gibbon glory hole has resulted in a baby. Oh, wow, that's amazing that, that it's all happened. I'd love to know more if they didn't. Well, it's, you're smelling through, smelling a bit of poon through the hole, oh. as somebody thought. Well, what gets me, though, that this particular piece has been written by Hanako Montgomery for Vice. And it's all through the piece, you keep saying, Well, love finds a way. Uh, this ain't love, mate. No, no this is like yeah. dirty bathroom sex. <laughs> <laughs> It's like back of a dirty bookshop. Think of this fucking the, the bloke's thirty-four. She's twelve. Oh, it's getting worse. Stuff. Groomed. <laughs> a little. How did little all happen? He'd been picking away at it or something. <laughs> picking away at <laughs> it like some dirty papillon. <laughs> <laughs> What's that other one? I forgot it's called. With the, um, Not with Escape from Alcatraz. No, it? it's the other one. Andy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you seeing? My fucking knowledge comes through. <laughs> Saved you there, Shawshank. There we go. <laughs> you ever noticed another man's shoes? <laughs> no, I fucking don't care. <laughs> I've only seen it once. Oh, you don't want to watch it again. There is a really funny bit with the sisters. That joke has never got old for me and Lord Tolson. What's that? <laughs> There's just basically the sisters. They're getting Andy in the showers. You know what I mean? Sometimes Andy could get away. Wait, 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 wait a sec. Wait the a sec. sisters are a load of rapists in jail. You know what I mean? Right, I'm going to say you need to fucking all I did image because I have no memory of this whatsoever. <laughs> I just imagine are oh, these two sisters getting somebody in a in a, in a, in a, in a male prison shower? <laughs> all right, the sisters they're horrible, but they're big tall ginger one's really threatening he's like anybody got to you yet and Andy's uh, like oh, no I'm alright Tommy but if you look at his mate you know the other sister this dude's like sofa himself down next to him and he's, he's just doing this fucking face I'm gonna have to show you for fuck's sake we put it through that crazy fucking app though so I don't, don't you dare show me anything Ben's no. been using <laughs> Ben's been using these Nana Bennett yes. <laughs> just send me another I don't even know who that is. Well, let me just get to. Yeah, so that's the, like the edited one. <laughs> Fuck me, no. But you should see him in the film. If you ever watch Shawshank again, just watch out for the sister scene. It's really, really funny. I'm not ready all Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hang on, where were we? 
And what were we talking about? Oh, we're about the monkey giving stuff. <laughs> 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 you went to Shawshank, not me. So basically, yeah, so basically it's like a Shawshank redemption kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, he's picking like, away. But, but rather than taking his poster down and finding something like a, a yeah. skate patch. He's not had. picking for freedom, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Just find a monkey's fan in the other day. <laughs> God, I'm disappointed in me Andy's pulling me oh, there's freedom behind it he just pulls it <laughs> imagine the sight of it though you're like you know, you're passing thinking why is that fucking Gibbon pressing her ass against that wall and then you get around to the other side of it and he's like falling falling <laughs> <laughs> everybody squashed against wall like that with look on his face <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you'd love to be on oh, oh. do you know where you can get between two yeah. you can seat wall and yeah. you can seat both sides but one eye on the other one <laughs> just peeking in between him, yeah. Little monkey, little lips, just what going like that. <laughs> <laughs> At least a bit. Anyway, there's a baby out of it. Anyway, That's so really good. Yeah. Love finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty monkeys. <laughs> Right, it's another bumper episode of fucking Crack and Cove. Here we go. Happy editing, our kid. I'm off to the pub. Right, well, I'm going to go back to my telescope, see what I can see. Yeah. You know, we've solved the shark mystery and everything like that. I think it's about time that I said it's a big goodbye from Matt. It's a bigger goodbye from Bennett. Take care, guys. There are three ways you may contact Crack and Cove. Either by email at crackandcoldpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at crackandcove, or Instagram at crackandcovepod. Ha ha!